I want to speak to us tonight about us being conduits of God's blessings. I want to challenge you and encourage you as I challenge myself and encourage myself. Amen. As believers, we are conduits of God's blessing. We are a conduit of healing, of restoration, of deliverance, of salvation. Amen. If only we can ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see what has been placed inside of us. Amen. Do you realize that you're not a mere man? Because the word of God tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. Amen. In John 14, 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, that those who believe in me, the same work that I did, you will do also even greater works than this, because I go to my Father. And as I ask myself this question, why did Jesus say that? He says, I'm going to my Father. And then he says to you and I, we can do the same work that he did, even greater works. I believe what Jesus was saying to us is that I'm going and there is a vacuum and you are to fill that vacuum. Hallelujah. You and I are to fill that vacuum. And because he wants us to fill that vacuum, guess what he did? He does. He places inside of us rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Now remember, it says rivers of living water that overflows. So if it overflows, what is it meant to do? Hallelujah. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Now what is that river meant to do? It is meant to touch lives. It is meant to transform lives. It is meant to bring people to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Is someone hearing me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just excited about what God wants to do in 2021. John 7, I'll take it from verse 37. It says, on that day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. When you read that scripture and you listen to that scripture, you need to ask yourself, I need to ask myself this question. Is there living water flowing from the innermost of my heart? And if it does, to what extent is that true of me? Since I became a Christian, since Jesus became my savior, I have to ask myself, have I experienced that ever flowing abundant rivers of, liver, uh, of water? Have they gushed out from inside of me? 
Have they flowed out of me? Have they touched life? Amen. Have they touched life in my workplace? Have they touched lives in schools? Have they touched lives in my community? How much of that river is really flows from me? Do I even experience the flow of that river? You know something, let's be honest with each other. If it does flow, to what extent? Amen. If it does flow truly, truly, to what extent? We may have seen trickles here and there, but overflow is what I'm talking about. You know, something about trickles is that sometimes we can be very comfortable with trickles. But I'm not talking about trickles tonight. I'm talking about overflow. The biggest problem I have found out with me and other Christians is that we've become so comfortable with less. We're settling for little when God really wants us to overflow. When God really wants to use us to bring changes in home. When God really wants to use us to bring changes in community. When God really wants to use us to change the world. But we are gradually allowing the world to change us. Tonight, I'm challenging me that that river has to flow because I am a conduit. I am a pipe. Amen. I am a host pipe through whom the love of Jesus must flow to the world. I am a host pipe through whom the love of Jesus, the healing, the healing, the healing will flow through. Deliverance will flow through. But it's time for me to say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my understanding that I may see the truth in your scripture. Amen. Is there anyone tonight I wants to say to me, I thirst. There is thirst. And he's saying, if you're thirsty, there's an overflow coming. I want to give you a picture in the book of Ezekiel 47, which actually stirred this up in my spirit. I want to show you the analogy in this scripture. In Ezekiel 47, it says, verse 1, Ezekiel 47, I'm taking it from verse 1. It says, then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to, to the outer gate world that faces east and there was water running on the side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came to my ankles. 
Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river go, rivers go, will live. There will be very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from the Engedi to Elglam. There will, they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. Amen. As I read this vision, I began to realize that me merely looking at it, I could see progress in this man as he went from ankle to knee to waist and to swimming. And I realized then that the Christian walk is a lifelong journey. I realized that the Christian walk is an adventure. It is not an Olympics that occurs every four years. For all that Paul had achieved, he still had room for more of God. We need to ask ourselves this question. Do we still have room for more of God? He says in the book of Philippians 3, 12 to 14, he says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He goes on to say in verse 13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is your upward call? What is my upward call? Amen. I don't think that when Christ died, when he saved me, he said I should just sit in a building and lift up holy hands, there's more to my being saved. There is more to the overflowing. Hallelujah. Our walk with God is a process, and this process is determined by our response to the move of the Holy Spirit. This process is our response to how we're led by the Holy Spirit. And just like the measuring of the water, we can only go deeper in God based on our response to the work of the Holy Spirit. I realized that some of us have gotten stuck because we do not believe we can go further. Some have remained stuck because of adversity and have become despondent. Just as that water was measured four times and every progress moved Ezekiel to the next level. I believe that God wants to move us to the next level. 
I believe that God wants to move his church to the next level. I believe that God wants to move his church, wants to move me, wants to move you and I to that place that when we step into a place, people will say, I see Christ in you. I believe with all my heart. You know, when I read that scripture in John 14, 12, that says, most assuredly, I say to you, the same work that I did, you will do also because I go to my father. I look at that scripture and I say to myself, I've not begun to walk in it yet. He said, greater works. It means that Jesus is expecting you and I to do the same work he did. When I look back at Peter, Jesus' shadow did not heal the sick, but Peter's shadow healed the sick. That's greater work. Amen. And I want to challenge us today. I want to show you some picture here. And the question is, how far do we want to go? When you look at the first step in that move and measurement, he went ankle deep. And the question I want to ask you, is your experience of God ankle deep? Amen. You know why? Because ankle deep in the water can be very comfortable. Listen, don't laugh at me. I'm an African man. I don't swim. There are other African men who swim, but I just don't swim. <laughs> okay. So when I get into the water, ankle deep is good for me. <laughs> Uncle Deep is good for me. And I'm comfortable there. And I believe that there are many of us who are comfortable in our Uncle Deep relationship with God. But God is saying, that is not where I want you to stop at. Amen. Then there are those who are comfortable with being knee deep in their experience with God. And you see, to be knee deep in your experience with God means that you've gotten to that place where you speak in tongues, you can pray for people, you can shandai from morning till night. But God is saying, there is still a deeper level. Amen. Then there are those who get up to the waist deep experience. And this is even more dangerous because you might think you have arrived. No one else is like you. You've prayed for people, they're falling under the anointing. But God is saying, there is still a deeper level to go. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When suffering or disaster strikes, it's difficult to take it because you do not realize that moving to the next level in God is his ultimate desire for you. Training you and I for reigning. Amen. Let me give you a picture here. Joseph has a dream. In his dream, everything he sees are people bowing down to him. Amen. How many of you have read that? But the question I want to ask you, in Joseph's dream, was there a pit? No. Was there Potiphar's wife? No. Was there prison? No. But Joseph had to go through that process to bring him to the place of reigning. Amen. So when God is moving us to the next level where we can overflow, we go through that process. The knee deep, 
the ankle deep, the waist deep, so that we can get to that point where we're actually soaring. Amen. Where we can actually begin to give an overflow of what God has placed inside of us. Amen. One of the things I've discovered, and I, let me tell you the truth, I've been there where I think that just becoming a Christian is hunky-dory. And then I realize that there are times in my life that God wants to take me to the next level and I have to sail over a hurdle. Hallelujah. And so this man was being taken through that process in his life. He was being taken through the knee deep, the ankle deep, the waist deep. And I tell you something, when you get to that waist deep, if you've ever been in water waist deep, you get to that point where you cannot move. <laughs> but you know, two things happen in that. You can either push through or you get scared and you remain where you are. But I believe that what God is doing, even in this time, what God is doing in your life and my life, I don't know what you're going through, but what God is doing, he's building you up. He's shaping you. He's getting you and I ready to overflow so that when we step into a place, sometimes we don't even have to say anything and we will see lives changed. We will see God's kingdom come. Hallelujah. I think from my experience, having read some of the revival story, a lot of revivalists who have gone into places that God has used, have gotten to that place where they have not allowed adversity, they've not allowed pain, they've not allowed suffering to stop them from moving to the next level. And I want to say something to you guys. You never go through it alone. The Holy Spirit is always there with you. And so what I want to encourage us today, what I want to encourage us this evening is that we need to move to that place where we get to the level where God wants us to get to. Amen. When Paul, 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 in, in 2 Corinthians 12, when Paul was going through the suffering in his life, there's something he said. He said, three times I went to the Lord and three times he said, my grace is sufficient for you. The reason why Paul had to go through was for him to be humble, for him to be subdued. And I want to say something to you. Whatever you're going through right now is God teaching you to be humble because he wants to move you to the next level. The next level of overflow, where the river flows from us to heal people, is not a place of pride. It's a place where you have to come to that understanding that, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. Lord, without you, I'm completely empty and bankrupt. Amen. It's a place where pride does not have a place. And I believe that's where God is taking his church to. And what Paul went through was to humble him so that his reliance will not be in the revelation, but for him to move in the next level of the spirit of humility. Our daily experience is to move us into the next level of our experience with God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think one of the joy of knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you 
is when you allow him to lead you. Amen. The, 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 the final level in that move is the fourth level. It was the place of the river, a river that cannot be crossed. You see, that, at that point of that river, you could not cross it. You had to swim. Okay, I cannot swim. I have waded in water, but never swam. But when I watch the ease at which people swim, I'm fascinated at how they can do it. I think when I said I wanted to swim, they probably said to me that my body weight was too much. <laughs> and I believe God wants to take us to that place. He wants to take his church to that place where we are riding on the waves of the spirit and touching the world. You and I can touch the world. You and I have been made a conduit to release God's power wherever we go. Then in verse 8, he said, then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down into the valley and it enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. You know, Simon Peter, James and John, got to that place at the temple and they saw the man who had sat down there for almost 38 years. The man had been begging. And when Peter, James, and John got there, the man stretched out his hand. And Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Silver and gold I do not have. I believe God wants to take us to that place. If we allow the Holy Spirit to walk through us, to get to that place where we can stop and say, silver and gold I do not have, but this is what I have. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, arise. People of God, it is possible. It is possible you and I have been called to be conduits where the Spirit of God flows through us and brings healing, brings deliverance, sets people free. Amen. But we cannot just sit down. When I look at the church today, the church in London, when I look at the number of people in our churches compared to the people out there, I always ask myself this question. Does it actually equate to the number of people God wants to reach? Amen. Am I challenging you? Because I'm challenging myself. Peter preached his first message. 3,000 got saved. Amen. It is time for us to begin to allow that which God has placed inside of us to truly, truly, truly begin to be made manifest. Because Jesus didn't waste his word when he said, assuredly I say to you, the same work that I did, you will do also. We have to ask ourselves this question, is the river really flowing or is there a problem with the pipe? Or could it be that we have become less God-focused and more self-focused? 
Or could it be that the church has become more self-sufficient and does not need God anymore? Ezekiel in that scripture had to depend on the man who was leading him. And then he got to a point where he had to allow himself go so that he can be moved along. Amen. How many times have you, as the Holy Spirit said to you, you see that young man there, I want you to go and speak to him. And go, I don't think it's the Lord. Nah, I don't think it's the Lord. This must be my mind. But I want to say to you, by the time we get to that fourth level, where we allow the river to move us, we will flow with what the Holy Spirit is saying. And guess what? Lives will be transformed. Amen. Lives will be transformed. Four times he measured, and I realized that every level of our Christian walk is measured how far we can go. Because God moves us from one level to the other. But this is the clue to it. In Romans 8, 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God which means we need to be led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.18 says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. There's still a leading that needs to be done. If we want to live, if we want to live and see rivers of living water flow through us, we must be led by the Spirit. We must walk according to the Spirit direction. And this is being submissive and dependent on him because as he measures our progress he moves us to the next level amen joseph will never have moved to the next level of becoming a king if he did not go through those process that's why by the time we come to the end of the book of genesis and his brothers said to him our father has said he said "Mm -mm, am i in the place of god because he had gotten to a point where he has learned humility and dependency on God. Amen. You look at the life of David, anointed king at the age of 15 or 16 thereabout. He did not become a king until the age of 30. He had to go through the process. The process can be painful, but the end result is always Beautiful. You see, most of us know the beginning and we know the end. The middle is what we struggle with. I struggle with the middle. Some of you might be so good, you don't struggle with that middle. But I struggle with the middle when challenges, when all those things are coming at me and I'm like, wait a minute. God, is this love? You say you love me. But he says, yes, I love you. But in this world, you, have, you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. But when you depend on me, I'll see you through it. There's a polishing. There is a refining that God is doing. So that this conduit will overflow without any blockage. The, what, the river becomes a place of healing. It becomes a source of healing. It becomes a source of abundant life to everything and everyone that comes to it. 
And I believe that God wants, that's what God has called us to. To be a source that brings life. A source that brings healing. This life-giving river flows from the throne of God. And we are conduit through which lives will be touched. This river transforms lives. No matter how lifeless a situation is, even when we feel messed up, even when we feel we're nothing, when we allow that river to flow, many lives will be touched. This river brings healing wherever it goes. It brings change wherever it goes. It brings salvation wherever it goes. You and I have been blessed so much. One of my favorite song is a song written by Andre Crouch. It says to see your face. Because nothing can compare to your face. Not even the gifts of your hands. I can tell you that God has blessed us. If God did not give us anything anymore, we have been blessed as a church, as individuals. But you know what? There is still so much more in us that God wants to release so that the people out there, the people who are messed up, the people whose life, who are struggling, the people who, are, who, are, who need help, they need love, they need all that. He said from you, you, that's me and you, will overflow love, will overflow healing, will overflow transformation in a world that is dying, in a world that is looking for help, in a world that has lost direction. The Bible says in Matthew 9, it says Jesus looked at them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says that he then said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his field. And he's looking for laborers who are going to be conduits. He's looking for laborers who are going to allow the life of Christ to flow through them. He's looking for laborers who will allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. He's looking for laborers who will be obedient to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Do I have someone in this place? Do I have someone or does he, will he find someone even on those of us on Zoom? The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and see. Lift up your eyes and see. We all can be very comfortable, but there are people that Christ died for and he's filled us with such power. And he's saying, they need help. They need my church. You know, when we talk about cell groups and cells, some of us feel so comfortable in the cells, but the cells were meant to be a place of winning souls, not a place of feeling comfortable. 
We are gradually taking it back to house groups. But it's meant to be a place of winning souls. It's meant to be a place where we release the overflow of God. It's a place where we say, come. As a leper who's found food, we're saying, come. I want to show you where I found food. Come and eat. Am I challenging me today? Or is it only me? Listen, please don't tell anyone this. But I'm struggling to get there. But like Paul, I have not attained it. But one thing is that I keep pressing. And what I'm trying to challenge us to do today is not just listen to me, but begin to say, I want to press. I want to press on until I lay hold of that which Christ laid hold of me. I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theory. I couldn't care less about conspiracy theory. But I care much more about why Christ died and why you and I are on this earth. The world is a barren desert, desert and people are dying of thirst. You and I are to be the rivers of living water that brings life to a dying world. As they see Christ in you and me, they will long for that water. They will want to drink. Are we ready to cry out to the Lord today? Amen. And that river should also flow to encourage other Christians, other believers that feel weak, other believers that are, that are saying, oh, I need help. That river should flow to them. That river should bring consolation. It should bring encouragement. When was the last time you stopped and you said to someone, this is what the Lord is saying to me. Is there any need in your life? Because God is saying to me to do this. Because the Holy Spirit is leading me to do this. When was the last time? Amen. Say to yourself, I'm a conduit of God's blessing. Because that's why we've been filled to overflowing. So that we can give to other people. When, an, when apples remain in a tree for so long and nobody plucks them out, they become rotten. And that's why sometimes people say, I've been in a church for too long. I'm tired. I'm moving on. It's because you're not overflowing. When you're overflowing and you're giving, you know what? You're excited to keep giving. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 